Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Olivia's Obscura. This is your humble, beautiful, sexy, hot, intelligent host, Olivia, reporting live from Olivia's Obscura headquarters in San Diego, California. Listen, I'm not going to front. I'm kind of in a foul mood right now. I like woke up and I was feeling fine and I actually had like a really good to-do list. I was like ready to take on the day. I have so many tasks that I need to complete. And then after Ty left for work, because we were kind of sitting on the couch together, just like drinking our coffee, having breakfast, whatever. When he left for work, then I continued to sit on the couch and scroll on my phone, which obviously made me feel terrible. So I feel terrible right now. (laughs) I really do. And I sat down to record this because I knew it would make me feel better. But like I... Oh my God, I know I need to like get my screen time down. And I know that I know when I'm in that cycle of scrolling and scrolling and feeling bad and and scrolling some more and feeling worse. I know when I'm in that cycle. Like I can like I was just sitting right now scrolling for the past like two hours or whatever. And I knew in in my head like this is not good. I need to get off the couch and stop scrolling. I need to put my phone down. But like I it's like I'm almost paralyzed when I get into that cycle where I like literally am frozen and I I to keep scrolling would make me feel terrible. But to get up and do something feels impossible. Anyone else? Is that the is that the mental illness kind of peeking through the mental illness kind of listen, I've been doing really well this year. 2023. Good year for my mental health. Okay, therapy, good meds. I'm, I'm feeling good in the winter though. And I've mentioned this before. I've mentioned this on here. I've mentioned this, I think on many of my social media channels, the mental illness takes a hold in the winter. The mental illness takes a hold in December, January, February. It is gloomy here today, which I hate. I moved to San Diego, so it'd be sunny every single day. And when it's gloomy, I feel terrible because it's, because it's not sunny. Jail. I'm actually, let me just tell you what kind of got me into this foul headspace, okay? I think TikTok is trying to turn me into a trad wife. (laughs) Like, I've been getting served so much content. I feel like I've been seeing content like this for the past couple months, but, like, the past couple days, it's been exceptionally prevalent to a point where I, like, it's getting in my head and it's affecting me in a way that I'm embarrassed about. And let me tell you why. I see all of these videos of... um women like caring for their husbands fiancés boyfriends whatever and like I'll give you an example the one that I was watching this morning that pissed me off was this lady who was like I just got a text that my husband was coming home from work so that means it's time for me to like get everything set up for him and she ran him a bath with Epsom salts which first of all like (laughs) as a grown man, like, are you really taking a bath every night after you come home from work? Like that kind of sicks me out. And like, thank God, like Ty doesn't take baths. Okay. And I know that Ty would never, ever want me to run a bath for him. If he wanted, if he really did want to take a bath, he would run his own damn bath. She did that. She then put his towel in the towel warmer that she had. What's a towel warmer? I don't know. I'm not in that tax bracket. I don't know what a towel warmer is. And I don't have one in my apartment. And then she was like, time to make him a drink. And I'm like, okay, fine. Like she's making him a drink for when he gets home from work. She makes him like a mojito or something. And then she was like, now it's time for dinner. And she whips up like a full on meal just for him. 
Like she wasn't eating it. It was his dinner. And I'm like, I would be, I, the day that you see me cooking a full meal for, for my boyfriend that I'm also not eating is the day that hell freezes over. Like it, it quite literally pigs will be flying. And at the point that she started stir frying, whatever, the video was only about halfway done. So I, I scrolled past because I couldn't do it, but I was in the comments and the comments are what the comment sections are what really gets you on TikTok, right? Everyone in the comments, I thought that all of this was ridiculous. I was watching this and I'm like, what? Like people are going to be clowning on her in the comments for sure. Talking about like, why can't he do all this stuff for himself? Or like, why? I don't know. Like, I just thought that people would would be like a bit more critical of her in the comments. But every single comment that I was reading was like, oh, like I I would love to be able to not work someday so I could do this for my husband. Or, oh, I, I can't wait till I have a, a man that I that I want to do this for or like it's so like the divine feminine energy of like caring for a man like is just my my purpose in life and I'm like what the fuck like are you guys writing this are you saying this out loud and and writing it in the comments but every comment that I was reading were people like I love to care for people like this like oh I would I love to do and I it started to freak me out a little bit because like I don't that is like distinctly not how I show my love to people like I am not like the more I get to know myself, the more I realize that like I am not I don't give my love in acts of service, but a lot of people in my life do. Oh, and, and like like friends, particularly like I have a really good friend who like loves to do favors for people and like bake cakes and like it's my <laughs> you guys, I don't know why I'm fronting on this podcast. You know, everyone in my life. It's Montana and she's going to listen to this podcast and you guys have heard me mention Montana a million times in Montana in my opinion I don't know if she would classify herself like this but like she's very much like a gift giver acts of service person in the way that she loves people like everyone her friends her community her parents her coworkers like that's how she loves people and and like here's I'm trying to I'm trying to get my words out the correct way because I don't want I don't want this to come across in a way that's like too self-deprecating because I know that the way that I show love is valid but I'm not gonna say that it's not concerning to me sometimes that I don't get joy out of serving people the way that other people do like is there something wrong with me because I don't tend to gravitate towards doing acts of service for people does that make me a bad person? Does that make me like a bad community member? Does that make me less than people who do show love in that way? Because in my opinion, like in my in my personal opinion, no one else's my opinion, acts of service is the it, the best way to show love in my opinion. That's the way that comes across the best. That's the way that like other people notice. That's the way I don't know, like, there's something about acts of service that, like, wait, here it is. There's something about being a selfless person like that that is so um, revered in in our culture. And I get why. Because doing acts of service is something that good people do, point blank, period there is this commonly held belief in my opinion like unspoken belief among people that good people are selfless people and selfless people are good people and good people to have in our society and good people to be in community with and something about myself that I don't really like 
but I don't really know how to change is the fact that I would never, ever describe myself as selfless. And this is a conversation that I've had. I'm kind of like airing this all out on here today. I'm. This is kind of like my my diary now. <laughs> I guess I guess this is just the place that I come to have existential crises sometimes. But yeah, one of my big insecurities is that I am a selfish person. I know that I do a lot of things in my life that are in pursuit of my own happiness and well-being. And I <laughs> like I know that this is a really unbecoming and unsavory thing for me to say and for you to hear from me. But like. I do a lot of the times put myself over other people and it's not like I love my friends and I love Ty and I love my family and I don't get me wrong like I do stuff for them I love them <laughs> like I want to make them feel appreciated I want to spend time with them like a lot of how I connect with people is like a quality time like if I had to boil my love language down to like one specific love language I'd say it would be like I'm a real quality time person I just like to be side by side with someone like even if we're not talking to each other just like being in the same room in the same place as someone that I love like really scratches the itch for me but I'm not someone who you know makes Ty a drink on his way home from work a cocktail on his way home from work waiting for him when he gets here I'm not someone who you know, shows up at someone's house with a, a casserole for dinner. And there's something like, there's there's like this thing that I feel when I think about how, sorry, I'm like literally sitting here. <laughs> I'm like sitting in my living room talking into this mic all by myself, like tearing up crying because I have issues. Also because I I was supposed to go to therapy yesterday because I'm, I go every two weeks, but I didn't go to therapy yesterday because it's that weird, it's like the gooch week between Christmas and New Year's. And I'm recording this on Saturday, by the way, Saturday, December 30th. Um, and I, so I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have my therapy appointment yesterday. So I, I pushed it off till next week. And so maybe that's why I'm feeling this way today. It's <laughs> because I didn't, I didn't have an opportunity to talk about all of this with my therapist yesterday. But I will, don't worry, I will be taking this to her next Friday okay but I just got to get this out on the airwaves right now I I hope you don't blame me but the thing that I feel when I think about how I show love and the way that I don't like prioritize acts of service in my life or like grand gestures for people it makes me feel like a deep deep sense of shame and it's like something that I feel about myself that is like such at the core of my being is that like I would say that my one inherent flaw like the biggest like inherent flaw that I have is that I am selfish I'm sorry I need to get, I'm like laughing and I'm crying and I need to get it together this is probably not good to listen to I might have to scrap all this but there's just there's this intrinsic belief that I think we all have that I'm aware is inaccurate or not fair to hold myself to but I do feel like it's just such a baked in cultural standard for women that like the worst thing that you can be is selfish and I feel selfish every day I feel <laughs> I can't keep crying on my <laughs> I'm going crazy I feel so selfish that I moved <laughs> like that haunts me like kind of all the time even though I'm really happy living here but like it does feel so inherently selfish to move myself out of state away from my my parents and my grandparents and my family that loves me so much just because I wanted to. I feel really selfish that I, 
you know, I don't work a traditional job and I am home all day and I'm, I'm like trying to make my like art thing work, my small business thing work. Like that feels really exceptionally selfish, especially because I work from home and like something that I really get hung up on a lot is that like I I'm I'm at home all day and like, yes, I'm working, but I'm not working the way that someone who goes into an in-person job works every day. And I'm not dealing with a commute and all of that nonsense. And so I do feel like there's this distinct imbalance where like since I'm home all day, I should take I should be the one who is cooking, who is doing all of the chores around the house, who is taking care of all the errands because it's not fair to make my my boyfriend do that when he has to go to work all day. And then I sit and think about it a little bit more and I'm like, well, I am working. My work just looks different than other people's work. But I still can't shake the fact that, like, because I am the partner that's at home working, I should also be the partner who is picking up all of the at-home slack as well. Because it feels bad to me when Ty comes home and something's dirty or the dishwasher isn't unloaded or something like that. And, like, I feel like I don't have an excuse because I've been home all day. And let me just stress this. Like, Ty has never... This is a conversation that me and Ty have had many times because it is something that I struggle with, obviously. I'm talking about it right here. And, like, he reassures me, tells me everything that I need to hear. He would never expect for me to be the person that takes care of all of the home stuff and the house stuff and the chores and the errands just because I'm at home he would he never thinks that and he he happily enthusiastically contributes to the household but I like I do just like really deep down feel like very selfish that I I sit at home all day while he has to go to work and work in person a job that is much less pleasant than the job that I the fake job that I've created for myself (laughs) And I still can't manage to, you know, do everything. Like the whole line of work that I'm in, being an artist, being someone who's like trying to run a small business, like feels extremely selfish. It feels so selfish that I never want to have kids someday. It feels really selfish that I kind of would rather use my money to do fun stuff, (laughs) to do fun stuff that I want to do and buy stuff that I want to buy instead of like, you know, donating my money or giving it back to the community and I don't have enough money right now to go around like that like I don't I simply I'm kind of in my flop era when it comes to my finances right now like I simply don't have the money to be like donating it and like putting it back into the community and whatever the way that like I think ideally like a leftist person like me would want I don't know I'm like stressed (laughs) I'm just like stressed about everything and myself but yeah just being exposed to like all of these people who clearly get very energized and like find a lot of value in doing stuff like drawing baths for their husband and like making them dinner or like just really being selfless for other people that they love in that way it does make me wonder what's wrong with me that my my cup doesn't get filled from doing those same things what does it say about me as a woman? What does it say about me as a partner? What does it say about a per- what about me like as a person in in a community that I don't get energized and filled by doing those acts of service for people? Does 
that make me worse than people who do? Because in my opinion, it, it does. It's like very obviously the, the worst way to be compared to someone who does thrive off of acts of service. Like it's very clear cut in my mind that one of those is the preferable way to be the preferable way, especially for a woman to be. And one of those is very much the unsavory, unbecoming way for a woman to be. And I fall into the latter, I fear. And then I wonder, is it a skill that I have never cultivated? Is it a skill that I didn't pick up? Which makes no sense because my mother is so selfless. She lives her entire life to to please her children <laughs> and her coworkers and everyone. And she, that's kind of her driving force I would say is that she like loves to work hard for other people for the benefit of the people in her life and I think like that's kind of what makes a good mother <laughs> is like you have to you have to thrive off of giving you have to thrive you have to be a giver a giver a giver because when you're a mother specifically no one gives anything to you you give and you give and you give and if that is not if that is not the life for yourself, then I think that you you would come around to have a lot of resentment. But my mother in that way is like <laughs> kind of textbook, the perfect mother, because she is extraordinarily selfless when it comes to her time and her money and her energy. And I am not like that. I, if we're talking nature versus nurture, that that did not get nurtured into me. I'm just not like that and I wonder if it's because I have I been have I not been trying hard enough to cultivate the skill of liking to serve people do I need to like I don't I'm not needing answers to these questions they're kind of more rhetorical but they're just like things that I toss around in my head like on a large scale like am I worse than somebody who thrives off of giving I don't know I don't know <laughs> What I'm really frustrated about also is that I know that if I were a man sitting here right now, if I'd been socialized as a man, I would not be sitting here having a spiral about if I thought I was too selfish. Men are allowed to be selfish. Men are allowed to have children and then move out of the home to go work to in pursuit of their career. But if a mother did that, she would be burned at the stake, quite frankly. Anyway, boo-hoo, what was me? Enough of that. Thanks for listening. <laughs> LOL. If you are listening to this episode on the day it was released, then that means it's New Year's Day. So please let me be among the many people to wish you a happy new year. I hope that, you know, everyone is able to move through 2024 with health and happiness and love and abundance. You know, that's that's my only wish for everybody is all of those things. <laughs> and I also want to say huge thank you because it was my goal to get to 500 downloads on the podcast before the end of the year and I did this morning I checked and I had 506 downloads so that made me super happy I wasn't sure if it was going to happen but um the Caroline Calloway part one and two are being received super well actually the part one of that video on my I do my pod I do this podcast through rss.com and I can see my analytics on there and um I can see my top five episodes, like how they're performing. And Caroline part one had crept up in the past, I think I released that episode two weeks ago. And it went from like the, maybe one of the bottom three episodes. And when I checked this morning, it was the number three, like most listened to 
episode of mine um, behind dumb heteronormative gossip and my very first episode, This Is Your Captain Speaking. So that's pretty exciting. If you found this pod through my Caroline episodes, welcome. I'm really happy to have you. Definitely recommend that you go listen to the first episode of this podcast if you haven't to kind of give you a better a better understanding of who I am, what I do, what I talk about. Because when I say there is no consistency with the content that we cover on this podcast, I am really not exaggerating. There is no consistency. Guess what we're doing today? Today, we are reading through my diary that I have kept. Well, this particular diary that I'm, I have in front of me right now um, runs from February of 2009 to... July of 2017. So eight years. Why was that math so hard to do? 17 minus nine. Girl, come on, go back to school or something. God damn. But yeah, I kept this journal sporadically on and off throughout the end of my fifth grade year through through 2017, which I graduated high school in 2016. So this pretty much encapsulates slivers of my life from the time I was 10 and 11 years old to the time that I was quite literally 19 years old. So that's a pretty big jump. I'm going to be taking you through some of these incredible, incredible diary entries. And I actually, a year ago today, if you would have told me that in a year's time, I would be reading this diary to the public and posting it on the internet, I would have said, no, you're crazy. Because I hold, I guess the theme of this episode today is shame, because I also hold a lot of shame, not only about being selfish, but also about like the way that I was as a tween and a teen, like reading through these diaries, like genuine, when I used to read through this, it used to make me cringe and it used to make me feel so embarrassed and ashamed of the way that I was. But because I've been to therapy and because I discussed that with my therapist, I have come around to the fact that I cannot be embarrassed about the way I behaved when I was 10, 11, 12 fucking years old. I can't even be embarrassed about the way I acted when I was like 19, 20, 21 years old. Because guess what? I was young and I was learning. And I still am. I'm still young. I'm just a 25-year-old teenage girl. I'm still learning. But yeah, if anything, I think that um, it made me so much more comfortable with the content in this journal when I took it over to uh, Brooke and Montana's house last year and I was reading out of it for everyone and people were... I was reading just like certain excerpts and whatever and people thought it was hilarious and um, Brooke went and got her old journal from like high school and started reading from it too and it was like a really beautiful moment of connection. Um, It was incredible to get a glimpse into my life, into her life when we were younger versions of ourselves. So I'm hoping in honor of the new year, in honor of it being New Year's Day, I would like to, you know, honor the passage of time by going back and bearing myself, my past versions of myself for you all. And I can only hope that this would encourage you to go dig up your old journals as well, because I guarantee that there is some absolute gold in here, okay? And also, I have given every name in the journal like a pseudonym. So anyone's name that I'm reading out loud has been swapped out for a different name just for you know, many of these people I don't keep in contact anymore. And I don't want to be saying their names on the podcast. Like I would hate it if for some reason someone sent a podcast to 
somebody that I used to know in like middle school and they heard that I was dropping their name. I can't have that happening. I really can't have that happening. <laughs> I hope that this will give you a bit of a, a, a an idea of, of who I was, where I've come from. Um, because when I tell you that if you're thinking this is going to be like a wild debaucherous diary full of like secrets and um, rebellious confessions, that's really not the case. <laughs> That's, that's really not the case. Most of this stuff is so bland. It is just extraordinarily mundane details of my life. But I think that truth lies in the mundanity of daily life. So I'm, I'm going to take you through it. And I hope that you enjoy the stories of past Olivia. The first entry comes from February 3rd, 2009. It was a Tuesday. Thank God I wrote that down. I don't know what I would be doing now if I didn't know what day of the week this was. I was in fifth grade at the time, the end of my fifth grade year, and I had just turned 11. Here we go. Dear Diary, Erica has become a frenemy. She used to be a good friend of mine, but she's been getting on my nerves lately. She's gotten really rude, I have to admit. She follows me and Kelly around at recess, and when she catches up with us, she makes some rude remark about what I said, how I talk, or what I'm doing. All she does is make me feel bad. I used to think that her sassy girl personality was kind of cool, but it's gone way too far. Plus, when she makes those rude statements, she embarrasses me in front of, um, let's see, only everybody I'm with? Sometimes I wish a boulder would come dropping down from the sky and smush her. Then I could peel her off the blacktop and dump her in the compost bin. If only see ya that was some that is kind of <laughs> that's illuminating right that was a little violent at the end there I think that's like a really excellent example of um female rage right a boulder coming out of the sky Jesus Christ Erica I do remember her being very mean to me actually <laughs> like I do remember that being an issue and it was interesting because like we distinctly had started off as friends but then um, she did. She made fun of the way I talked, the way I pronounced words, um, the way that I laughed. I remember that there were so many people in fifth grade specifically, not so many. When I say so many, I, I mean like two or three people that I was kind of friends with, but um, friends. They're not my friends anymore, obviously. We were 11 years old. I don't keep in touch with <laughs> with Erica anymore for obvious reasons. Um, but I remember that people would make fun of the way that I laughed all the time because I have, let me try to do like a natural laugh for you so you can like kind of see if I'm like, if I'm in a group setting, if someone tells a joke or if someone says a funny story and like I laugh, this is kind of the laugh that you would hear. It would be something like. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. And like obviously when I was like a little kid, it definitely sounded different than it does right there. But like people would. There were two friends that I had. It was Erica and one other friend that would like kind of incessantly make fun of the way that I laughed. And like every time that I laughed, they would immediately imitate it and like mock me laughing. And it made me feel so insecure. And then when I got into like high school and when I started working, like people started distinctly telling me how much they liked my laugh. They were like, I love that I can hear you laughing from like the next room over. Like I love that I love the way you laugh, like such a boisterous laugh. So like that did turn into a trait that like eventually people appreciated and I learned to appreciate about myself. But I did actually get like kind of bullied for the way that I laughed, which is truly insane. Fifth graders are hardcore. 
March 17th, 2009, also a Tuesday. Dear Diary, Erica gets worse every day. Today she had this super big secret that she told everyone. Everyone except for me. I don't know what I ever did to her or what she has against me. I never did anything to her. She's just a bossy little brat that I'm going to ignore. Oh, but it's so hard to ignore her. June 8th, 2009, Monday. Dear Diary, this is a very busy week for me. Today was field day. On Wednesday, Grandma and Grandpa, Uncle John, and Jessica are staying at our house for a night because Grandpa was visiting his two sisters in Seattle and didn't have anywhere to stay. On Thursday is my fifth grade send-off party. And last but not least, Friday is the last day of school, which means that I will officially be in middle school. Moving into a larger school, moving into a place with higher education, moving on in life. Next will come high school, then college, then I'll graduate. Then I'll have a true career, a husband, but I'm not there yet. Bye for now, Olivia. I'm loving that I signed this off and I'm also loving the fact that I hate to break it to little Olivia. She didn't go to college. She didn't graduate college. Um, she does not have a true career. I'm sorry to let everyone, I think she'd be actually pretty stoked about where I'm at right now, to be honest with you. I think if little Olivia saw what I was doing today, she'd think it was super cool. So that's pretty validating. June 26, 2009, Friday. Dear Diary, today is Avery's eighth birthday. Avery mention, Avery mention, Avery's my sister. I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but if she's listening, hey, how's it going? There's this iconic page about, oh, an eighth of the way through the journal that is a note to peekers it says please stop peeking now okay you've read all the juicy parts and now the excitement is over is the excitement in the room with us <laughs> right now <laughs> oh plus i have security cameras all over so i know that you sneak into my room and read this diary close this right now and step back with your hands up so nobody gets hurt okay i don't think i'm loving the threat i'm loving the energy i i really don't think anyone's trying to read read that stuff but go off okay this next page is actually a song that I remember writing I remember this I was I was like 11 years old this is exactly like the summer between fifth and sixth grade and I I remember being in the shower when these lyrics came to me and I was like this is like I'm the next great American songwriter like I definitely need to go write this down in my journal so I got out of the shower and I wrote down the lyrics and I can't remember the tune that it was supposed to be sung to obviously because I didn't write music I just wrote the lyrics so I'm going to give you a dramatic reading of this as kind of a spoken word poem okay it's called torn oh why oh why did you have to turn on me I don't know what I did to you or what you did to me now I'm torn like pieces we used to be friends now we're enemies you refuse to speak or even look at me now I'm torn like pieces. Oh yeah, it's true. We used to disagree. I'd say it's the ocean and you'd say it's the sea. But we were friends anyway. Oh when, oh when, do you plan to speak to me? Will you make the first move? Because I know it won't be me. Because I'm torn like pieces. I'm torn like pieces. <laughs> I really can't think of any situation that I would have written that about. Like I don't think that was a... That was like a confessional autobiographical song. I think that was a, I think that was a fictional situation that I was writing about. I, I can't remember like anything that I would have written that about in my life. Like I definitely didn't have like a friend falling out at that time, but who knows, honestly. <laughs> okay, this one is sending me from August 11th, 2009, Tuesday. 
Dear Diary, today we went to the Bethany Park. My grandma, mom, and Avery played pig, but I didn't. I guess I haven't had a very good background of the basketball. In PE, kids used to make fun of me because I never got the ball in the basket. <laughs> I was right. This is making me feel better. Okay, I should have done this. I should have I should have done this way before I got into the bad headspace I got into because this is getting me right back out. September 1st, 2009, Tuesday. Dear Diary, it's already September. School starts in seven days. I can't believe it. Summer went by so fast, but I did have fun. I went to Sun River for the first time and went on a trail ride where we were while we were there. My horse was white and was named Casper. We also went to the village every night. There were all these cool shops and boutiques. My favorite was the $12.99 store where I got a tie-dye t-shirt that said Sun River on it and goodies, a candy store where I got a cherry blossom bird webkins and a giant jawbreaker. I also went to horse camping, got braces, and, and I'm starting middle school. Okay, that we covered a lot of ground in that one. This is some major Olivia lore dropping, okay? This is a major lore. This is the day I got my period. November 7th, 2009, a Saturday. Dear Diary, this is kind of embarrassing, but on Thursday, I got my period. I know that there's nothing bad about it, but I think I'm the first of all my friends to get it. Should I tell them or not? <laughs> oh god I feel for I feel for middle school Olivia I really do life is so hard when you're an 11 year old girl like life is so relentless when you're an 11 year old girl I continue btw I'm sorry I haven't written in a while I've had so much homework since school started and I admit that I've been on the computer a bit too much next time I'm bored I'll write in here instead okay so here's the latest on my brand new middle school life one, I'm one of the popular girls. It's awesome and way better than I imagined. But I'm nice. I'm not mean. <laughs> I can't. This is hands down one of my favorite passages. Like, it's probably my favorite passage in this entire journal because it contains nothing but audacity and delusion. And I wonder where that went. I don't have this level of delusion anymore. And I really wish that I did because, hey, I was not one of the popular girls. I was not one of the popular girls. I don't even know what compelled me to write this down. I think it's because I had like friends and I kind of like made a lot of friends right when I got to middle school. And so I think I just conflated that with being like a popular girl. Um, I, I love it. I have no notes. I have nothing to say about this. I love the pure unadulterated delusion radiating from those sentences. Number two, I have a crush on Jeremiah, a boy in my math, humanities, and science classes. Three, I also have a crush on, oh God, what's the name? I also have a crush on Jasper, who's also in my math, humanities, and science classes. I don't know if either of them like me back. I know that for sure they don't know I like them. I feel bad having a crush on both of them. <laughs> Wait a second. Which one should I choose? I know a ton of people also like Jasper too, but I don't know about Jeremiah. I also know that Jasper likes a different girl and so does Jeremiah. In fact, they like the same girl, Lisa, one of my many friends. <laughs> the only boy who likes me is the weirdest boy in class, Ronaldo. He doesn't have a hint of cuteness in him. Yuck, why can't any cuties like me? <laughs> 
Okay, we need to take a pause real quick because I would love to announce the fact that I have no recollection of either of these boys that I allegedly had a crush on. And I am 100% certain that they are like manufactured crushes because I feel like when you are like, like I was a teen girl, I was like reading like books about having crushes and I was like on the internet. And I think that like I thought that like because I was in like middle school, I needed to have crushes on boys. And so I did just kind of like manufacture these crushes that I had on these two. I actually did have crushes on people like later in middle school, but these two definitely did not stand the test of time. I didn't date in middle school. Like I never had like a middle school relationship, like a middle school boyfriend. I actually never even dated anyone in high school. I The first boyfriend that I ever, I kind of dated this one. I like, it wasn't really dating, but it was like, what I would consider like a very early time situationship, like the end of my junior year with a boy who was, who had just graduated. He was a senior, um, but like nothing ever happened. We literally never even kissed, but it did give me like complicated feelings because like it's weird when boys act like they like you, but then don't want to kiss you. You know what I mean? <laughs> More on that later, I guess. We could probably unpack that. But like the first real like dating relationship that I ever had was with my like first boyfriend who I worked with, I had a job my senior year. If you listen to my first episode, then I go through all of the jobs that I've had and I rank them from best to worst. So you don't want to miss that. But I met my boyfriend at work. And so he had also graduated from high school. I was a senior at the time. He had gone to a different school anyway. So that didn't really feel like a high school relationship. We started dating like the January of my senior year and like he wasn't involved with school for me. So like I never really did like date when I was in school. So I don't know what that says about me. November 16th, 2009, a Monday. Dear diary, oh my God, long day. Well, first there was humanities class in which I had a clueless substitute. <laughs> and then there was the band concert rehearsal. Oh, I was in band when I was in sixth grade. I had a one year stint in middle school band and I played percussion, okay, crucial information. I had to be with six other boy percussionists, and one of them was Ronaldo. Double yuck. None of them could keep a beat or play the right notes. One of them asked me, are you a girl percussionist? I answered, what do I look like? February 9th, 2010, Tuesday. Dear diary, a couple things I have to say. I'm 12 years old now, and I've had this diary for a full year. Let her cook. This, this entry that I'm about to read you is single-handedly the most dramatic entry in this journal, okay? I think, if I had to say. I'm gonna give some brief context because I think that you need it to like really appreciate the unhingedness of this diary entry. This was when I was in, this was in sixth grade. I was, I was 12, I had just turned 12. And I had, I was, I was obsessed with these horse books that I used to read and I wanted, to do a movie adaptation okay I had lofty goals as a 12 year old I wanted to do a movie adaptation of the books <laughs> and I had written a script and at the time I rode horses at a stable nearby so I was really considering I was like well listen we've got we've got all the pieces we could film at the stable that I take riding lessons at and there we go boom boom I cast all of my friends and Avery and my sister's friends as cast members as like people in the books and again this was an extremely short-lived project what's really funny about reading through a diary is that the entries are so raw and like the the emotions are so real like the emotions in this 
entry I'm about to read you are so real and so vibrant and like obviously having an effect on me on 12 year old Olivia. But now I'm like, okay, this was like a project. This movie, this dream that I had was a dream that I had for about seven to 10 business days. Like this wasn't like uh, my magnum opus, you know, like this wasn't something that I worked on for months and months and years. This was like a blip in the timeline of my sixth grade experience. But the the drama, the melodrama in this diary entry is really something to behold. Here we go. March 3rd, 2010, Tuesday. I looked down at the sad little paper in my hands. Like it, my dreams were crumpled. It all seemed so silly now. I knew Kelly didn't want to do it. She just went along with it for me. What a good friend she was. Now I'm getting all these great ideas, but I know I can't email or call her because she won't want to talk about it. I thought this would be, hold on, hold on. (laughs) I thought this would be my ticket to stardom, but if Kelly doesn't want to do it, neither do I. Nothing's the same without Kelly. Besides, she plays Heather, one of the most important characters. This whole thing was supposed to be fun. Why did it have to turn into this mess? (laughs) I would like to report that this had no bearing on me and Kelly's friendship or my life at large. So I hope you can rest easy knowing that this did not, this did not ruin anything. This movie, it actually, uh, it actually wasn't that big of a deal, believe it or not. This is from May 31st, 2010, a Monday, and it is actually a bullet pointed list that I made of what you need to be cool. And this is stuff that like I had kind of, like from what I can tell, is stuff that I had picked up from the books that I was reading, the websites that I was going on, and the people that I was interacting with in sixth grade. What you need to be cool checklist. The first item, lip gloss. The second item, a cell phone. The third item, a boyfriend. Number four, don't be considered a teacher's pet. Number five, clear skin. Number six, wear makeup, but not too much. And then I've checked off the ones that I had. I had lip gloss, that one's checked. I had a cell phone, but I had written in parentheses next to it, can't call or text, because that was true. I did not have, I did not have a phone in sixth grade. I think I got my first phone when I was in like eighth grade or something. Um, like a slidey one that you flipped sideways and like slid the, the, the screen up to expose the keyboard. I can't remember the name of it, but that was kind of my first phone. And then I got an iPhone pretty quickly after that because that was around the time that like iPhones were very normal. Like I remember in 2011 when I was in sixth grade, like a couple kids got iPhones for Christmas and like came to school with iPhones after winter break. And like, it was a big deal. Like not everyone had an iPhone. It was like a a select few of rich kids got iPhones that year. I think like everyone started having like a smartphone iPhone like my freshman, sophomore year of high school, like 2012, 2013, I think that would be. But someone in my family, I think my grandma maybe had an old phone because she had upgraded hers. And so I got the the old phone um, just basically so I could like put it in my pocket and like people could see that I had a phone. It was strictly optics. All I could do on it was check the time. <laughs> that is a, it was It was a glorified pocket watch I couldn't call I couldn't text I couldn't do anything I think I could take pictures it had a camera it was like a shitty old camera phone um but that is hilarious in retrospect that I was I was convinced that I could not be cool without a cell phone and I literally just put a brick a bricked phone in my pocket so that people would think that it was a real phone which is 
hysterical. I don't have boyfriend checked off. I don't have be considered as a teacher's pet checked off because I think that in my head I was a teacher's pet and I think that I was worried that other people thought that of me. Clear skin, not checked off. I had famously bad skin in middle school through high school. I basically had bad skin until I was like 23. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like 17 and you're like, why do I still have acne? I, the only thing I can tell you is like maybe waited out because I literally had acne until I was like 22 or 23 and then like it just kind of cleared up one day so like maybe that will give you some solace I don't know it maybe would have given me some solace when I was like 18 years old and I had terrible skin and I'm like oh my god I thought everyone was done with having terrible skin I thought everyone's skin has cleared up by now not mine not mine girl then we skip ahead a little bit. It looks like there was a bit of a hiatus. I kept this journal really sporadically. So like there's certain parts of it where I was writing almost every day for a couple months and then there's large swaths of time missing. So now we've skipped ahead to August of 2012, which is the summer before my freshman year of high school. I was 14 at the time and this entry from August 8th, 2012, quick, I guess, trigger warning for like mention of weight loss, okay? Went to the doctor today for a checkup. Apparently I'm very healthy, but I still think that I could drop a few pounds. I mean, I'm not fat, but I have fat to lose. My thighs are monstrous, and even though they'll never get smaller, I could probably tone them up a little. This one, this one makes me so sad. <laughs> that makes me so sad that I was 14 years old worried about the size of my thighs. That's a canon event for teenage girls, and I couldn't have interfered if I wanted to. I also, at this point in the journal, I've now skipped, I didn't write, for the rest of 2012 and then I didn't write again regularly until the beginning of 2014 at which point I was about 16 years old and this is an exceptional entry a cryptic entry about a, a I'm assuming a boy that I have truly no recollection of I have no idea who this could have been dedicated to but January 31st 2014 I've been aware of your existence for three days and I'm already making up a fantasy about us in my head literally no clue who that was about <laughs> march 19th 2014 you are painfully dreadfully and repulsively boring i can't believe you ever gave me butterflies thoughtfully but violently erases you from the paper of my life <laughs> i'm in good spirits today my life at school is put together this week i have lovely things to look forward to classic now I'm getting to the point of the diary where I can really tell that like the the depression, the clinical depression that lives inside of me really started to get sprinkled into my life. That's 16 years old. That feels about right. I think that I could have really benefited <laughs> from being medicated in high school around this time. Like I didn't go on antidepressants till I was like 20, I think 20. And I definitely think that I probably could have avoided not all of them because I know that some of this is just like teenage angst. In retrospect, I also do feel in some ways that I could have benefited from being medicated <laughs> for depression. I didn't know that I had depression until I was like 20. So you know what? You live and you learn. November 23rd, 2014. I haven't been feeling too well. I think it's because I don't know what happened to my friends and I haven't been taking many pictures and my front teeth won't stay together and I'm so bad at birthdays. Oh. November 28th, 2014. I should be enjoying this break, but I'd almost rather be at school. I hate school with my entire being, but being at home makes me feel unproductive. I'm becoming increasingly less fond of being at home for that reason, but it's a bit contradicting to my distaste for most social outings. <laughs> 
I'm not the same person I was three months ago. I wish I was. Poor. Oh, 16-year-old Olivia was really going through it, and I feel really bad for her. January 15th, 2015, right before my 17th birthday. I hate how someone is better than me at every single thing that I do. Or even if they're not better at it, they get more recognition for it. It really sucks. Everyone has their thing, their art thing, their acting thing, their music thing, their photography thing. I do not have anything. Just when I think I might be finding a thing, someone else from school is better at that thing. So it's their thing, not my thing. It's really discouraging. This is a thought that I had a lot. Like I remember this being a really prevalent thing that I would ruminate on when I was in high school because I didn't have, I felt like everyone else had it all figured out. Everyone, I didn't play any team sports. I wasn't in theater. I didn't have, I didn't have like a, a hobby that my life was dedicated to the way that most people in high school have like an extracurricular that their life kind of revolves around. I, um, I wasn't like, I, I hadn't tapped into like my artistic side at that point in time. Like I really did just feel like I had nothing to offer. So I'm glad that I grew out of that. <laughs> January 22nd, 2015, two days before my 17th birthday. I'm extremely gifted at both making something out of nothing and making nothing out of something. That's actually pretty good. That's actually kind of bars. I wonder if that was an original Olivia-ism or if that was like a quote that I ripped. But I have a lot of quotes in here that I put quotation marks around. So I'm thinking that if it was a quote, I would have quoted it as such. So, hey. Kind of, kind of bars. February 16th, 2015. I'm going to stop apologizing for the way I drink my coffee. I'm going to stop apologizing for loving mainstream pop music, and I'm going to stop apologizing for the way I pronounce bagel to stave off my apparently more linguistically advanced friends. The day I stop apologizing for being the way I am will be the day I stop ridiculing others for being the way they are. Honestly, that kind of slaps too. May 7th, 2015. It's the time of year where I start getting nostalgic about things that never happened to me. And then there's a page, a line break, and I write, When people become too cool for you, you become cool enough for different people. Don't worry, friends aren't permanent. It's nothing worth, it's nothing worth losing sleep over. Yeah, I think I was going through some changes with my friend group at this time. May 12th, 2015. Last semester when everything hurt, I would have never guessed that things would turn out like this. I'm so excited to be done with this year and I'm so happy about how far I've come. But in the midst of all the excitement about summer, I always get a bit sad around this time of the year. I think it's because so many things are ending and goodbyes are never fun. I mean, I guess I started writing this with the purpose of sounding eloquent, but I'm going to say it even though I hate to. Timing's a bitch. I hate that I'm going to spend the rest of this writing about a boy. I hate that I spend as much time as I do thinking about it because he's going to leave soon and then I'm going to hurt. He said he likes me, but I don't believe him. Even if he would have told me straight to my face, I would doubt him. Oh yeah, I heard that as secondhand information. That's one of my flaws. I can't wrap my head around the idea that people legitimately enjoy spending time with me. Why would he like me? I couldn't give you a single reason. Okay, so that is <laughs> that is devastating. Okay, so let's say that we establish the fact that we like each other. He's leaving. If this could have happened even a month ago, this might work out. But because we only have three more weeks of set in stone talking to each other, we will probably never establish that fact because it wouldn't be worth it. Next year at this time, I'll have forgotten all about him. And in a long time, I'll come back and read this and laugh at myself. I wish I could tell someone all of this, but I would never. I don't even like to admit to myself that I'm in this deep. I'm somewhere between distancing myself to avoid the heartache and continuing the relationship because it might work out. Haha, ha, this is such a mess. I'm being so dramatic. 
I don't like to be this person, but hey, I'm not going to discredit my feelings. That's not cool. They're completely valid, even if I don't like them. I love when a little piece of like my current self peeks through because that last, hey, I'm not going to discredit my feelings. That's not cool. They're completely valid, even if I don't like them, is like exactly written in the tone that I would say something now, which is pretty cool. Everything else in this entry I cannot relate to because I don't even remember ever having this many feelings about this is the situation ship I was referencing earlier in the episode, if you can even call it that. Like this was a guy that I had. Like, I think it was because this is the first time that a boy had ever really, um, like, given me any attention. And as I wrote, he never even told me that he liked me. He told a friend of mine that. Um, and he never told me. So, like, it was just, like, I think I was just, I think that I was really confused because, like, it's really weird when people don't communicate <laughs> like I was really weird that like he wasn't communicating with me and telling me that he liked me and so I think that that was confusing for me because I didn't really I wasn't someone who got a lot of attention from guys and so I think that this was just like the fir a first for me that that was difficult to um you know navigate on July 12th 2015 I wrote I've only ever been kissed by the sun poor Olivia full of so much yearning during this time. Poor thing, poor thing. This is from March 13th of 2016, so I'm 18 at this point. I'm so happy, so, so happy. I hate when people tell you to not let your happiness depend on other people. Other people are the best. They bring out the best in me. Setting myself up for them to hurt me is, in my opinion, completely worth allowing them to make me happy beforehand. I don't know. I kind of agree with it. I also am kind of worried about myself in in this instance. May 17th, 2016. Um, this is right at the end of my senior year of high school. And I remember I was riding a high my senior year of high school. I loved my senior year. Um, I barely went to school. <laughs> I had like all of these TA periods and like, I, I think I took like one real class and I'm pretty sure it was like... Um, the one like English credit that I needed because I'd met my math and science credits my junior year. So I only needed to take an English credit and I only took like on top of that, I think I was a TA or like a tutor or some like fake class like that. And then I also did ceramics and some other bullshit class like that. And then I had a job and I worked at American Eagle, <laughs> American Eagle Outfitters during this time. And so I was like riding high. I was like, everything's coming up, Olivia, like everything is perfect right now. And this is what I wrote. I think I've hit peak happiness. I'm pretty sure this is the happiest I've ever been and the most perfect my life has ever been. I'm trying to appreciate it while I can. Along with this kind of raw happiness comes a strong feeling of vulnerability. It would be so easy for everything to come crashing down around me outside of my control. But I'm trying not to think about that. I'm trying to appreciate everything that I have to make me this happy. 15th June 2016. Sick today. I'm so bored I'm writing even though there's nothing to write about. I hope I'm better by Saturday so I can still go to San Francisco. I've been looking forward to this trip for so long and it's going to be a major bummer if I'm sick. I hate being sick, especially in the summer. I just want to hang out with people. I'm so bored. I really relate to just wanting to hang out with people. 
So I get that. I actually love this entry because I love that it was like a big enough moment for me to write down. 14th August 2016. Yesterday, I saw Young the Giant play a show and it still doesn't quite feel real. I remember sitting in digital imaging sophomore year, discovering their songs and thinking that I needed to see them live. Those songs have become part of the soundtrack to the past three years of my life and seeing them in person was nothing other than completely unreal. I love this entry because I still majorly fuck with Young the Giant. I love Young the Giant to this day. And I love that I like wrote down the exact moment that I remember discovering their music. Like, I love that. That's such a cool like glimpse into my past. Um, that was one of the many times I have seen Young the Giant. And I was really sad to high bought us tickets to go see them play in San Diego in September. But it was like the one week that like we were having a hurricane in San Diego, which like quite simply never happens and so it got rained out and we didn't get to go and we couldn't go on the date they rescheduled it to we had another thing so I, I was kind of bummed but um I love that what six years later I still fuck with Young the Giant like this <laughs> I like that December 12th 2016 today I finished my first term of college community college by the way I did not go to like a four-year university I won't be going back next term it's so hard to be motivated to do something I find such little value in. I'm so lost right now, and college the past few months was only making it harder for me. I'm not sure if I'll ever go back. At the moment, I couldn't possibly thinking of doing anything I would want to do that would make me want to get a degree. It's kind of difficult to grasp that college isn't for me because all throughout grade school and high school, I was a great 4.0 student. It would make sense that I'd be the ideal college student, but for some reason, I cannot bring myself to enjoy it or even find the smallest bit of value in it. My whole life, I've been told that everyone eventually finds their way in life. We'll all find something that we're passionate about, we enjoy, and also pays the bills. For me, I don't think it's necessarily going to line up that way. I don't think that everyone has a true calling. I also feel that as a society, we put so much emphasis on pursuing a career that makes you happy. Something about that is so unrealistic to me. Career is not everything. Maybe it's okay to have a job that simply pays the bills and have other things in life that make you happy and you feel passionate about. Maybe I need to reverse the live to work mindset and instead think about working to live. Sounds a bit depressing at first, but really it's not. Work doesn't have to be at the forefront of my life. It doesn't even have to be a priority. There's so many other things in life that are much more important to me I love that is the exact time in my life that I can pinpoint my radicalization <laughs> this is when I became anti-work anti-capitalist even if I didn't know it yet this is when that happened things start to get a little real from here on out like because it is I am like a late I'm in my late teens. I think I'm, yeah, I had just turned 19 in this next entry that I'm going to read to you. January 2017, I was having some dark thoughts because when you're 19, you, you have dark thoughts. And this was also right after the 2016 election. So here's what I wrote. January 29th, 2017, almost one month into 2017. Hasn't been a great month so far. A lot of scary things are happening and it's affecting me for sure. It can be hard to take my mind off of it a lot of the time. It's so conflicting because I really do want to be involved and try to change things. But right now, for the sake of my own sanity, I might have to distance myself from the constant stream of bad news. I feel guilty about it, of course, but I don't know what else to do. Personally, things aren't horrible. I'm a mess, of course, but I'm kind of pushing that to the side. I have things to look forward to in 2017. I'm trying to broaden my horizons and try new things. Hey, I mean, I guess I'm on a gap year currently, and that's what you're supposed to do on a gap year, right? I'm fascinated that I wrote down that I, like, want to be involved and try to change things, but I feel guilty about, like, 
removing myself from the constant stream of news because boy oh boy if this is not a daily battle that I fight right now in the year of 2023 this is still something that I struggle with majorly and I don't remember having these what's what's interesting about living your life is that you don't realize what you're thinking as you're going through it and I'm so glad that I kept journals growing up because I would have never I would have never remembered that I was having these types of thoughts when I was 19 right like that would have never I would have never been able to remember this exact like thought that I was having this exact problem that I was having and so I'm really glad that was documented and it's making me reading through this right now is really making me feel like I need to start keeping a journal because I am going to want to read it again in 10 years from now. I guess I could just go back and listen to this podcast. That's kind of achieving the same result. I was crying earlier, after all. We're getting to the end here, but this one is from May 8th, 2017. I'm really trying to be more mindful from here on out. I've spent so much time comparing my life to other people's lives and my sky-high expectations of my own life that I wasn't even taking the time to realize the worth of my own life. Sure, working weekends isn't as glamorous as the people I see on Instagram traveling to a different corner of the earth every month, but I do have a great life and I make an effort to go out and see as much of the world as I can within the means that I have. I deleted all my social media. Oh my God, this is when I deleted all of my social media. Yeah, everything. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. I deleted all of my social media and I think it's making a huge difference in how I remain present in all of life's little moments and do things for me, not just because it will make a cool Instagram post. (laughs) The world is beautiful and my life is pretty wonderful, but that doesn't mean that every beautiful thing I see and every wonderful thing I do needs to be shared. And my phone battery life is killer now too. (laughs) I will say, Olivia, I was kind of on one here. Like I do, I feel like that was a good idea and that was an overall net positive for my life. The one thing I will say is I didn't take pictures during this time. Like when I wasn't posting on Instagram, I I don't really have any pictures from like 2017, like 2018, because I wasn't on social media um, and I wasn't taking pictures for myself either, which is a bummer. I would love to have picture like a lot more pictures from this time than I do. October 5th, 2017. Every year I hate the fall, but this year I hate it significantly less. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's the sun that continues to shine every day, or maybe it's because this is the first fall that I'm not going back to school. Something about this feels fresh and new. I feel more inspired than I have in a really long time. I've been getting crafty, trying new things. I honestly feel so alive. I registered for a yoga teacher training next spring in Mexico for an entire month. I'm so excited. I think this next... Did I? Oh, I think this next year is going to be fantastic. I need to start taking more leaps of faith. I've never felt as free in my life as I do right now. Nothing is holding me back. The world is mine. Okay, go off, queen. Ironically, that is the last entry that I wrote in this journal, which is a hilariously uplifting note to end things on. I'm going to keep this episode a little shorter today. I think we're at about an hour. Um, but I know those Caroline Calloway episodes that I released the past two weeks were meaty and long, and I'm trying to give you something light and fresh today. Something light, fresh, locally sourced, like In-N-Out. This is the In-N-Out burger of podcasts, okay? And I really strive for that. (laughs) I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to run with it. 
I really do hope that this inspires you to maybe dig through your old stuff, pull out some journals that might be laying around, maybe call your parents, see if they can find them for you if you're not living in your childhood home anymore. I am so glad that I moved this diary down with me when I moved from Portland. Like, I'm so glad I have this in my possession right now because the main reason, well, the one reason is because I like to read through it. The other reason is because I can't have anyone else reading this. Okay. I didn't read you some entries. I didn't, some things are sacred. Okay. And I'm not going to put on the internet, but yeah, I hope you, I hope everyone had a good holiday season. I know that I'm feeling like really glad that we're kind of moving out of the holiday season. Um, I'm just like ready for a fresh start. I'm ready for January. I am ready for the hubbub of the holidays to just be behind me. If you started listening to the podcast this year, literally, thank you so much. Um, I can't believe that it's kind of done as well as it has in the past two months. And I think I said that last time. And when I say that it's doing well, it does not by any standard mean that it is a good, it is like a well-performing podcast. What I mean by that is that I was assuming that I would have like three to five listeners for every episode. And my, that expectation has been blown out of the water. <laughs> so definitely, you know, I I think like the standard for like a good successful podcast that gets like brand deals is that they get 50,000 downloads in the first week of an episode being out. Listen, we're nowhere near that. I just achieved 500 total downloads across my entire episode catalog, but I'm still kind of freaking out about that because I only released the first episode of this pod on November 6th. So it hasn't even been two months and I definitely didn't expect to get to 500 in the first two months. So thank you. I like really, really, it means so much to me that you want to sit here and listen to me talk. Like I really do appreciate it. If you liked the episode, then definitely I would not be mad if you left me a five-star review on, on the app you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple podcasts. I don't care. Okay. I don't care where you do it as long as it's five stars or four stars. I don't even really care. If you want to keep up with the podcast on Instagram, that is Obscura Pod, And that is the same handle for the podcast's TikTok account as well. Um, and then my personal social media handles, Olivia Stober Studios, that's on Instagram, that's on TikTok. I post more frequently on those, but podcast related stuff and episode announcements go on the Obscura Pod Instagram. So if you want to keep up with things, go find me there. We do have fun on that account. I treat it like a little bit of a finsta, if you will. It's like a close friend story, but it's public for anyone who follows me. I have some awesome episodes planned for this year. If I do say so myself, I am going to at some point start having guests on. That's one of my goals for 2024. So I hope you stick around and I hope that you have an amazing life. I hope that the world is yours, okay? Just like Olivia writing in her journal in 2017, I hope that the world is yours, okay? I love you. Talk to you next week. Bye.